Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Seacoast Community Church Podcast. And we are talking about the book titled Owen on the Christian Life uh, by Matthew Barrett and Michael Haken. And we are doing a broad exploration on John Owen, specifically on some of the, his most important writings and some of those, his, some of his most important thoughts on different subjects. And what we are covering today is communing with the Trinity. Communing with the Trinity. So, uh, first, let us define what this communion with God is. And uh, Owen, John Owen, would say that it is a mutual communication in giving and receiving after a most holy and spiritual manner, which is between God and the saints while they walk together in a covenant of peace ratified in the blood of Jesus. Now, first of all, have you ever thought about that? Like, what is, so you perhaps, let me clarify, you have probably perhaps thought about, yes, communion, communion with the Lord. And, uh, and yes, uh, fellowship with the Lord, perhaps you part of, you may have thought about it in those terms. And, but have you ever thought about what does communion with each person of the Godhead look like? Are they distinct or are they the same? And so this is, uh, so John Owen has dedicated an entire book to this. So, I mean, I mean, have you ever thought about that before? Uh, I, yeah, prior to reading that book, I don't think I ever have. And typically, uh, for most Christians, like when we pray, right, we uh, normally we, we pray to God. Uh, we pray to the Lord Jesus. And uh, but I mean, how often do you acknowledge the spirit in prayer? Like, do you pray to the spirit? Do you have communion with the spirit? We understand communion with Christ. Right. And we understand communion with perhaps with God the Father, oh, we might treat those things as the same thing. Like it's, it's, it's synonymous. Like what's a commune, to have communion with God is, is, is the same as Christ and, and the Holy Spirit because uh, they're, they're one. Well, that is true. But John Owen would say that communing with each one is different and that there is great value in distinguishing all three. And it can be such a means of grace to our lives. So uh, based on his writings, let's explore that a little bit. So again, uh, this communion is a mutual communication and giving and receiving between the saint and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit while we walk together in a covenant of peace ratified in the blood of Jesus. So how does communion with the Father specifically look like? How is this defined? And John Owen says that it is defined by love, free, undeserved, and eternal love. And uh, he gets this in, in different places, but uh, for John 3.16, for example, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We have 1 John 4.8 where it tells us that God is love. Right, so the, the primary way in which God communicates with us and commune and communes with us is love. Uh, one writer says, uh, 
that for John Owen, the death of Christ did not purchase the Father's love, but is the way in which that love is communicated. The death of Christ is not the cause of the Father's love, but is its effect. So, in other words, Christ Jesus did not come in order to uh, purchase the Father's love on our behalf. No, the Scriptures teach us that God, in love, sent forth His Son to die for sinners. Right? So, herein is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. And so, this is how God has this communion with us. It is one principally of of love and so what is our response to the father's love and our response to the father's love is love god responds to us in love first and so we respond to him in love and in this way there is a the this relationship consists of mutual giving and mutual receiving and so because the Father loves us, we love God in return. Now, God's love and our love, John Owen would say, it, it differs in significant, as, in significant ways. First, the love of God is a love of bounty, but our love for him is a love of duty. So God's love is one that is overflowing. Uh, it's given freely by his grace, right? Irrespective of anything that we can do, or have or or have done god's love is a love of free grace but our love is a love to him of duty not that we are forced to love him but we love him because he first loved us it's like a like a love that a child has for their parent right they are first loved by their parent and so they love their child their, their parent in return and so our love to God ascends unto the Lord in duty and in thankfulness. Now, second, a second way that this love differs is that the Father's love for us is antecedent, but our love is consequent. So as, we, as I said before, his love came to us first, and our love is a consequence of or a result of God's love for us. And thirdly, the love of God is like himself, John Owen would say. It is equal, constant, not capable of augmentation or diminution. So in other words, it is constant. It is always the same. Uh, and that is absolutely amazing. That is worth pondering about, that God's love for you never diminishes it is always constant. It is always the same. Nothing can be subtracted from it. Nothing can be e nothing could be added to it. But our love is like ourselves, unequal, increasing, waning, growing, and declining. Right? You feel this at times yourself personally, where maybe in seasons there is an incredible love for God overflowing in your heart, but there's some seasons where that love of God has maybe diminished for whatever reason but god's love is always constant and right and regretfully uh, ours isn't as constant as his is but praise god that his love is always constant for us even though at times ours definitely does not match 
that that consistency. Now with communing with the son, how does the son sort of have communion with us? What well, his communion is is described by John Owen as a sweetness, as characterized by grace, mercy, love, kindness. Uh, this love is also given to us in a in a way that is delightful. That is, uh, it is a a way in which that we uh, we delight in knowing Christ, delighting in His attributes, delighting in what He has done for us. It is communion of of safety. Where there is a safety, a hedge of protection that we have in the love of Jesus Christ, who came and died for our sins. And it is a love of support and consolation. He is a friend of sinners. He encourages us with his word. And one of the ways in which we return that love to the Lord, Jesus, is, John Owen would say, is by prizing him above all things that he becomes our greatest treasure, that he becomes our greatest desire. And with that, we, as much as possible, we try to avoid those things that disturb our enjoyment of the Lord Jesus we want more of him. We desire more of him. And so we will not let sin and temptation, the, the, uh, the, the enticements of the world or anything else stand in the way of our drawing to Jesus Christ, that Jesus becomes first place. We value him above all other things. And then lastly, communing with the spirit. How does the spirit commune with us? He is the sanctifier of God's people. He sanctifies us. He makes us more holy. He's the spirit of consolation to believers. Right? As our as our comforter. And the spirit of the Lord, and this is so sweet to remember, the spirit of the Lord is given to us as a pledge of God's love. Right? The spirit of it's a seal of our adoption. The Spirit reminds us that we are, in fact, children of God, that we have been adopted as sons and daughters of God. And this is sort of a, a down payment of God's love for us and a down payment of our future inheritance. And it is the Spirit that draws us in to deeper fellowship, deeper communion with, with God. And so this is how the Trinity relates to us. And so we respond in return. We love in return. We prize Jesus above all things. And we give ourselves to the sanctifying work of the Spirit of the Lord. We submit to him. And so, so there you have it. This is the saints' communion with the Holy Trinity. So hope that you are blessed by that. And uh, next week, we will explore another topic. And I think we're going to talk about meditating on the glory of Christ. And ah, I can't tell you, as I read through this chapter, 
I not only was I convicted, but so encouraged and left feeling more desirous of Christ and wanting to spend more time just just meditating on the person of Christ. So tune in next time.